Awesome. So um, if you haven't been joining us recently or you, you know, we, we've had a, a couple weeks off here since uh, because of the Thanksgiving break. So we have been in a series called The Way of Jesus, specifically honing in on the spiritual disciplines. The last few weeks we talked about uh, the Sabbath, we talked about Christian generosity, tithing, and we talked about uh, the practice of the presence of God, gleaning an awareness of God's presence with us, not just at church, but every day of our lives. Uh, today we're going to be talking about fasting. So this is the way of Jesus talking about fasting. And just like every other spiritual discipline, there are misnomers and misconceptions about the practice of fasting. So I'm going to try to break down this practice today. And uh, I'm excited for it. But I'm going to tell a story really quick. So when I was about 11 years old, uh, I don't want to say we weren't necessarily unhealthy as a family, like with our eating, but we had some vices when we were growing up, specifically called Taco Bell and McDonald's. Okay. Um, I remember I was in gymnastics when I was a kid and my mom picked me up from practice one day and I get in the car and I was like, oh, mom, I'm hungry. Can we go get some Taco Bell? And she was like, no, no, I don't think we're going to do Taco Bell today. And I was like, uh, what's going on? You know, like I usually you'd say yes to that. So I go, well, can we, can we get McDonald's? And she's like, no, we're not going to do McDonald's either. And I'm like, mom, what's going on? <laughs> what, what, like, I'm scared, mom. What's going on here? And I go, uh, and I'm like, mom, what's going on? She goes, Aaron, I'm, I'm, we're going to be starting to make some changes as a family. Um, that's where I was introduced to the word organic. Okay. We're going to start making some changes to our diet as a family, choosing healthier options. That means no more Taco Bell, no more McDonald's, no more Cheez-Its. And I just lost my mind at that. I'm just like, mom, you can't take my Cheez-Its away from me. Okay. And she said, this is going to be, you know, healthier for our family and we're going to pursue healthier lifestyles. And you know, I'm freaking out. I'm 11 years old. Mom, don't take my Cheez-Its, okay? My precious Taco Bell nachos from me. Like, I just, I love all of it. And I share that story because um, it's funny, but also because it speaks to something deeper in humanity. Um, there exists in all of us an instinctual defense when we talk about laying down a certain vice or pleasure, or in my case, Cheez-Its, right? Every person has methods of coping uh, or masking the pains of life. And uh, just to show my cards for me, just throwing it out there, uh, for me, this is YouTube, Instagram, social media, scrolling, distracting my life away. I said it before, but Ronald Rollheiser says that we are distracting ourselves into spiritual oblivion. Uh, but I've, I've noticed that on tough and busy, stressful days, I'm more likely to reach for my phone. I don't know if you relate to that at all. You probably do, right? It's it, it become instinctual for us in our generation. Um, and the thought of laying down or laying aside a vice or a comfort, something that we retreat to, it makes us uncomfortable and it makes us frustrated. And that's going to be our segue into the practice of fasting, opening up the conversation of laying something down, laying something on the altar that I may know him and seek him and align with him in a deeper way. So what is fasting? Um, like we established with tithing, this practice makes zero sense to people in the world, okay? Like in the secular world, outside of church, this practice makes absolutely no sense. It sounds crazy. Like, you're going to not eat for Jesus? Like, what? <laughs> like, it makes no sense. Obviously, there's the practice of intermittent fasting, which apparently is really good for you. I haven't really done that very much, but apparently it's great. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the spiritual practice of fasting. 
Um, and in scripture, there is no like, this is the definitive definition of what fasting is. This is when you fast because there are a litany of examples of when and what fasting is in the Bible. But the common thread of fasting is seeking God with deeper intensity. The common thread of fasting is seeking God with deeper intensity. You see in scripture, uh, fasting out of repentance. A nation comes face to face with their sin and depravity and their response is a fast. We see this in Jonah chapter three. The people of Nineveh respond to Jonah's preaching and prophesying in, in repentance and in fasting, grieving their sin. We see it again in Joel chapter two. God speaks through the prophet Joel and calls the nation of Judah to return to him and to call a fast. Other times we see fasting as a response to grief. Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter one, he learns about the wall of Jerusalem being burned down and he grieves for that. He grieves for his people and out of his grief, he fasts. We also see fasting as a tool for wisdom and guidance. Paul and Barnabas in Acts 14, they fast uh, while they're choosing leaders, elders for certain churches. This is a practice you see several times in the book of Acts that they would come together and pray and fast and seek God for his wisdom and guidance and counsel. But the usage of fasting that we're probably most familiar with in our Western church context is fasting for outcomes. Fasting for outcomes. And my favorite example of this is in 2 Chronicles 20, starting in verse 2. So people came and told Jehoshaphat, he was the king at the time, a vast army is coming against you from Edom from the other side of the Dead Sea. And it's already in En Gedi. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. Then the people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. And there's a key word in there and it's that they came together to seek help from the Lord. They were inquiring of God. They were seeking God's guidance and counsel. Yes, but they were fasting for God's help. And you may know the rest of the story, but it's really cool if you haven't read it in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. But the king literally sends worship leaders to the front of the battlefield and God delivers his people from certain de defeat and death. So for us as followers of Jesus, what does this look like? Why would we do this? Why would we participate in the fast? What should this practice even look like? Typically, fasting is specifically in regards to food or types of food. But it's become pretty popular in our time or common in our time to fast from things like social media, um, from Netflix or video games, fill in the blank. And there's a debate over, is that actually biblical fasting? You get to make that decision. But regardless, biblical fasting always, in the, at least in the Bible, always implied fasting from food or certain types of food. And you may be thinking, did Jesus fast? Did, Je did, did the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, did he fast? Well, one example is, yes, he fasted in, in, in the book of Matthew, um, in Matthew chapter four. And it was during the leading up to his temptation, his showdown with the devil. And there's a misconception. Jesus was not fasting during that temptation. He was fasting in preparation for that. During the 40 days, he was fasting. And it was at the end of that that the devil came to him. And guess what the first temptation was? To break his fast. The first temptation is make these stones, into, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus obviously responds to him with scripture, but the first temptation was, hey, you, you should make the decision. You should listen to me, listen to the influence of the devil and do this thing and break your fast. But Jesus was fasting those 40 days. 
And in regards to fasting in Matthew 6, uh, Jesus says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Obviously, the biggest lesson here from Jesus is whether you're praying, earlier he says the exact same thing about prayer, whether you're praying or you're fasting, do it in secret. Don't make this public display of what you're doing. But every single time I read this passage in Matthew 6, those first three words come out or speak to me and jump off the page. When you fast. When you fast. For Jesus, fasting wasn't an add-on or a once-in-a-while practice. It was part of the discipleship journey. So just like prayer, silence, generosity, Sabbath, or serving, fasting ought to be regularly included in our pursuit of Jesus. Whether to deepen our roots in him, seek him for guidance, or contend for an outcome, fasting is a discipline that moves the heart of God. It's a discipline that moves the heart of God. And we could open up the dialogue of what about God's sovereignty and he knows everything. And that's a whole conversation. But over and over and over and over and over in scripture, you see the people fast, the people pray, the people contend, and God responds to their hunger. Fasting is a discipline that moves the heart of God. It's saying, God, I want you more than I want this meal. God, I want you more than I want this day's worth of meals. God, I want you more than I want to scroll on TikTok right now. God, I want you more than fill in the blank. So how do we put this into practice? Ultimately, it's a personal matter between you and God, but there are a few options to consider. Uh, and the first is obviously fasting from food. This is skipping one meal or a day of eating or a week of eating for a, for a, a purpose in mind. God, I am laying aside the practice of eating and instead I am withdrawing into the secret place with you. That time that I would be spent eating Chick-fil-A and Rancho Grande, uh, Lord, I'm, 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 take, I'm stripping that away from my lifestyle for a moment, for a season, for a day and pursuing you with a new vigor, with a new intensity. And my rhythm right now on Fridays, it, I fast on Fridays and it's not a perfect system. Usually I'm eating breakfast in the morning and not eating until dinner or in the afternoon. Other times I won't eat the whole day and I try to make it till Saturday morning, but it's a consistent rhythm in my life. And there's a, there's a, there's a thread there. I am fasting on Fridays in contention or contending for our high school ministry and for our young adults ministry. That's like the goal. I am setting aside eating for a day to call on God in a deeper way that he would move in our ministries. There's a goal in mind. Uh, another is the Daniel fast. You might have heard of this, and this is found in Daniel chapter one. Daniel is in Babylon. The Israelites are in captivity. And he's brought kind of in this little secret club from the king of these guys that are well-educated. They, they look good. They're great. And they want to Bab Babylonianize these guys. And Daniel and his friends, they say, actually, we're going to reject the king's provisions and what the king wants to give us. And we're going to display our trust in God by only eating these foods and drinking water and not having the king's provisions. 
Um, you could read more about that in Daniel 1, but typically if you participate in this fast, it's from 10 to 21 days. Uh, and me and my wife Cassidy, we've done this uh, in years past. We did this a couple years ago in January for the month, and it was cool. Almost to the day we found out about our uh, Cass was pregnant with our son, it was it was cool. It was like this cool time of contending, and then coming out of that, it's like, oh my gosh, you're pregnant! Amazing, this is awesome. So uh, that's that's one practice uh, of fasting that you can participate in. And the third is, I mentioned earlier, it's the concept of abstaining, and this is where we would you know, find things like fasting from social media, fasting from alcohol, fasting from video games, or you fill in the blank. Whether or not you want to call it fasting, it's abstaining from something for something. It's saying, I am taking X out of my life because I'm contending for Y. And it's the same concept. It's setting aside a hobby or entertainment or an indulgence and using that time to seek God with deeper intensity because he's worth it. Like, this is not just like, oh, yeah, we're Christians, so, like, I guess we should fast. No, it's, he is so worth it. He's so worth setting aside more time, devoting more of my life to. And in closing, uh, I'm going to share a story and then one last kind of exhortation for us. But when I was 17, I had the opportunity with my school to go on a missions trip to Ukraine. And obviously you have to fund that. You have to raise funds for, for that mission strip. And I'm reaching out to family and friends and my church. And I think, I think I had to raise like $1,800. Like it wasn't a lot of money, but it was a significant amount. And I'm reaching out to everyone that I know. And it's like the day before the deadline. They're going to be buying tickets. I need to have X amount of dollars raised. And I was, I think I want to say like five or $600 behind. Like I wasn't even necessarily close. <laughs> And again, like I said, deadline's tomorrow. I'm reaching out to my church and doing all the this stuff. And for the first time in my life, I'd never done this before. I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to fast. I'm going to literally not just pray, but I'm going to fast, believing that God is going to come through. And I think I fasted for like 22 hours or something like that. And I was praying earnestly, God, Lord, I feel burdened to go on this mission, missions trip to serve these orphans these foster care kids in Kiev. like god i want to go on this trip i want to serve you by being able to go on this trip and fast ended and it's like the day before the deadline or maybe even the day of the deadline again this was 10 years ago and nothing no no check in the mail no crazy breakthrough whatever it's the day of and all of a sudden i'm at home you know i'm like giving up hope right then my friend jonah calls me he was another guy going on the trip. He calls me. He goes, hey, so I just found out, like, I'm way over <laughs> what I was supposed to raise. Like, I had so many people give and so many people be generous. Um, and I think I remember you saying you don't have enough to make it. So, like, let, can you can I just, like, cover your expenses? And I was just like, um, yes, absolutely, you can do that. And I remember feeling so, like, I don't want to say that because I fasted that happened, but it was this this idea and this reality that God responds to hunger, both physical and spiritual. God responds to hunger. Like I want to be spiritually starving for God, for more of him as a Christian. I don't want to be satisfied with where I'm at now. I want to have this starvation for the presence of God, for the person of Jesus. And this is fasting. There are times and seasons where we intentionally fast 
so that our bodies hunger for God like our spirit hungers for God. So that the whole man or the whole woman enters into this mode of operating that my body and my spirit are one. The entirety of my person is hungering for more of God. And just as we close, we're going to go to small groups in a second, but fasting is almost always mentioned in the Bible in tandem with prayer. The two go hand in hand. Here's a few verses for you. Luke 2, 37, she never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. Notice it says worshiping God with fasting and prayer. These are forms of worship. Acts 13, 3, so after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. Joel 1, 14, announce a time of fasting. Call the people together for a solemn meeting. Bring the leaders and all the people of the land into the temple of the Lord your God and cry out to him there. Like this is not just saying, okay, I guess I'm just gonna like skip a meal because of Jesus or whatever. No, this is, I am setting aside something that is sustenance for my body because my spirit aches for him. Fasting is not simply giving up, giving something up, it's making more room. And in preparation for this message yesterday, I was fasting and I had the temptation around noon you know i'm like i'm i've been on my laptop writing this message and working on stuff and it was noon and i just wanted to retreat up to my office during when i would usually eat lunch and just chill and watch instagram reels okay that was the temptation but i was like no first of all i'm teaching this tomorrow so i probably <laughs> should be a little more sanctified than that but I, I i made this conscious decision like no lord you are more worth it than food you're more worth it than instagram you're more worth it than anything that could take my time and can I tell you, like, there was just something different about that prayer time from 12 to 12.45 where my physical hunger matched up with my hunger for more of God. Fasting is not just giving something up because, no, it's making more room, more space for the presence of God and the person of Jesus to fill in my life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you. And God, as disciples of Jesus, as people longing to look like you, sound like you, think like you, talk like you, have your cadence and your rhythms, Lord, as people who are desperate to have your love, to walk in your grace, help us in the practice of fasting. Lord, would you begin to whisper to us, speak to us what this looks like for us in this next week, especially in Christmas season where cookies are everywhere, Lord. And there's there's food all over the place and everybody's eating, Lord. I pray that you would burden us and that we would see the, the why of fasting and see it as a worthwhile pursuit because you are so worth pursuing. God, give us that revelation today all over again that you are so worth pursuing. You are far more worth pursuing than a relationship, friendship, social media, or anything else. Not that any of that is bad, but God, would you be our Psalm 27, one thing. We honor you, we love you, in Jesus' name, amen. Awesome.